0: this is episode two of the get fishing podcast in this episode we're going to kick off with dean asplin and we're going to go over some listener questions that you have sent in Uh, we're also going to go over some get fishing news and we're going to talk about dean's 61 pound uk court carp yes since episode one Dean has caught a massive mirror cup and we're going to find out a bit more about that i believe on the same trip he also caught a personal best perch as well and then we are going to talk to dr emily smith who is the environment manager at the angling trust uh, we haven't actually met in person before we've been in like several meetings and bits and bobs we're going to find out about her what her job is and we're going to find out about a few of the campaigns that she's working on that you dear listener can get involved with get fishing is the angling trust campaign to get more people fishing more often we are funded from the Environment Agency from a fishing licence income and our exclusive retail partners are angling direct. Right, let's go in to Dean Aspen. Let's see if we can get him on Zoom straight away. Where on earth are you? I thought you were going to be in your living room.
1: Well, I thought you were all a bit bored of looking at my living room, so <laughs> I thought I'd bring you the River up behind me here. Um, so, yeah, well, I live uh, in Somerset and... Uh, a lovely place called Cummidge. We've got the, uh, the River Parrot and uh, Cummish Lakes right at my doorstep. So I thought let's get a bit of water in the background, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> no, it looks good, mate. It's good. It's a bit of variety. Um, this morning, Dean, I wrote a long email about what we were going to go over and I don't think you've received it, have you? Uh, mate, I've been out on the road a bit today. So. I don't think I've sent the email. I literally think I've <laughs> just sent an email to myself. It's absolutely ridiculous.
1: Good job I don't work in, like,
0: digital marketing, isn't it, Dean, eh?
1: Uh, I have to apologise about my nose as well, uh, Jimmy, because <laughs> it looks like i am uh, being beaten up by Frank Bruno, but it's uh, a fact that I've had a fight with a bramble bush and lost recently while fishing, so... Uh... <laughs> forgive my nose
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you listen to the audio version of this you can watch it on youtube if you'd like to see Dean smashing up nose it looks pretty grim
1: got <laughs> some scars on there but we'll get by mate <laughs> <laughs> right and um, dean um initially we're
0: gonna kick off we've had some listener questions come in um yeah. and I, I was gonna put a social media post out about um to get questions, but people have just sent them in from listening to episode one, which is a good thing. Um, I thought you can help me answer some of them. Uh right, <laughs> let's kick off with David, um, who has really enjoyed the get fishing videos. He's managed to get out on his own fishing on his local canal. This is fantastic news, David. The only problem is he's struggling to use a discorder. Um, have <laughs> you got any tips? Um, I don't know. I mean, in episode one of the get fishing spring series dean actually shows how to unhook a deep hooked perch and dean you sort of have a bit of tension on the main line do you think that's where
1: people go wrong Lee, i mean uh, there's a couple of tips i could do so firstly if you're on your own fishing um the whole thing becomes a bit more uh, problematic because you do need tension on the line so what i tend to do is once the fish is in the net if you can uh, pick if you're using a feeder that's brilliant but a float or shotted area will work just as well if you leave that over the sides of the net on over your lap and then create a bit of tension between the feeder or float and where the hook is caught uh, you can then run your discordia down and just pop it out i think we did we showed that in the um the spring uh supermarket baits challenge so if you have a look at that video uh it's in there and how i unhooked the fish using The uh the feeder of on the rod so that's a good bit you do need to create some tension if you're with somebody that makes it a lot easier because somebody can just pull the line back create a bit of tension and that's enough just to pop the hook out Uh, and the last tip really uh, not what i would really recommend uh, ideally but if you're on your own you've got no other choice the other thing is to tighten line down as much as possible from the tip of the rod to the fish without creating too much of a bending rod all you're looking for is a bit of tension and then just use a that, that tension from the rod just to take that uh hook out does that make sense
0: yeah that is brilliant dean i tell you what that little clip that you mentioned of you unhooking the perch in the get fishing spring says i might cut that out and i might check it on our instagram at get into fishing just that little clip because it is a question that comes up an awful lot about the discord I think when we show sometimes how to do it and generally beginner fishing videos in general, it looks like the easiest thing to do in the world. But I don't think anyone ever explains that the main line does have to have some sort of tightness to it um, or else it don't really work. Um, yeah right we've got one from john um he got into fishing a couple of years ago he's been following the videos uh, but he wants to know he's been catching a fish but he's not sure if it's a roach or a rudd. dean how do you tell the difference
1: oh my word you put me on the uh, spot here jimmy because i'm <laughs> colorblind but, uh in all honesty it is it is quite easy um the telltale giveaway is their mouse if you pull the bottom lip of the mouth out and it's sort of pointing upwards that uh, is a rud. If it's pointing sort of downwards, that's a roach. And the main reason is they feed in sort of different layers of the water. So um, that's the telltale giveaway really, especially when they're small, and the colours aren't that different between them, that is the the giveaway.
0: Red is generally a bit golder as well, but not always. Um, Here's a good one. This is uh, about Matthew who started carp fishing. He's got a couple of questions. Um, Is it okay to use ready-made carp rigs? What do you think about that,
1: Dean? Nowadays, definitely. Uh, The technology and the way that these things are constructed are absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, you, you can look at the brand's that make these rigs now and these types of brands would not put their names to these rigs if these rigs failed in any way because it'd just be uh damaging to their business so yeah 100% if you're not confident enough to tie your rigs at the moment uh, there's no shame in it we all got to start somewhere and you need to get out there and get fishing so yeah use use ready-made rigs it's not a problem even I use them from time to time when I'm short of uh time
0: yeah, that's a, that's a good answer, Dean. I mean, like as sort of Dean touched on there, when me and Dean were younger, um, a lot of ready-made rigs, were, well, they were dreadful, really, <laughs> absolutely dreadful. I mean, things have moved on dramatically. But um, I would try and stick with the bigger name brands, possibly. I know you can go on eBay and buy, I don't know, 50 rigs, really cheap stuff. But if you try and stay with the better known cart brands, you'd you generally be all right. I mean, we're talking, I'm going to miss some out and get in trouble now. But you called in, Nash have just not brought a new range out. ESP, uh, Fox. I mean, if you're looking at them sort of brands, they cost a little bit more money. But I would just go with that because it, just for safety, sharp hooks. Uh, All tied properly. Some of these eBay jobbies, I'm not suggesting they're all bad, but I I would personally stick away from that. Would you agree, Dean?
1: Yeah, the only extra thing I would add is um, it's okay in the short term to be using ready rigs, but uh, it is hard on the wallet. So if you're looking to save money, uh, you need to learn to tie those rigs yourself and it will be a lot cheaper in the long run. Uh, moving forward in your angling and you, you need to be able to learn to tie your own rigs anyway just because sometimes you need to adapt a rig to make it longer, to make it shorter to change the size of the hook change the size of the hair all sorts of things can come into play and if you're stuck with just a shot book rig um, it will do you the job but in some, as you get more progressed through the sport and understand it a bit more you do need to make some adaptions so uh, learn to tie your rigs for sure and we will be creating video content on that hopefully in the near future Jimmy
0: yeah, we're going to get out in the summer. Well, it is the summer. Uh, we're going to get out pretty soon. Dean's going to sort of show us how to do all these bits and bobs. I would say um, a basic hair rig, once you know, when we show you how to do it, it is so easy, you will never buy a rig again. It's pretty idiot-proof. No.
1: <laughs> Even I
0: can do <laughs> um, And he's just got one more question on that, uh, on, yeah. on carp fishing.
1: What is a syndicate carp lake, Dean? What is a syndicate carp lake? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. A syndicate carp lake is a uh, a lake that has a club, a syndicate club on it. So there'll be a limited number of people that can fish it. They will pay a certain amount of year to fish it, and that will be the syndicate. A uh, club lake is very different. It's normally open access, so you pay your membership per year, and you might get that lake or some river, et cetera, to go along Side it but syndicate carp lake tends to be they tend to hold to be honest with you the bigger carp although there are a lot of data carp fisheries now that have big carp in but it's the exclusive nature of the syndicate which makes it um very tempting nowadays because the banks are very very busy uh so sometimes you're not only competing against the fish but you're competing against other anglers and that that side of it is taken away to a degree when you fish in exclusive syndicate
0: Right, let's go on to uh, Get Fishing news. So we kind of mentioned it briefly already. The Get Fishing Spring series has been released. There's three episodes, all recorded at Angler's Paradise in Devon. Um, their videos are available in full on YouTube, and we have now released them onto our Get Fishing Facebook. Just look for Get Fishing, sorry, and you will find uh, the videos. They've gone down well. We've had some lovely feedback, haven't we, Dean?
1: Yeah, brilliant stuff. Yes, it, it, thank you so much for uh, Zenya and the the team down at Anglers Paradise for allowing us to film now. And um, I think the videos have come out really well. Uh, we've, this time round we've not taken it all too seriously. We've had a bit of a laugh filming, and I hope that comes across in the uh, in the clips.
0: Yeah, no, it, it was great fun. A big uh, big shout out to Joe, Zenya's husband as well, who was also a star during filming. And um, they couldn't have been any more accommodating. The, the, I've never been to Angler's Paradise. Um, so I, it's always some that I grew up watching on the television and stuff. So I was really sort of, uh, it was really good to go and see it. It was beautiful. And um, go and check out them videos. In actual fact, there is one more video coming out on that. And that is like kind of a behind the scenes uh, dean you've not even seen that yet but it's quite funny it's a carp and catfish competition there's some deleted Enough. scenes yeah there's it's really good though it's really good dean you'll love it right moving on to the next oh, so dean you've got um some news to do with the get fishing awards and sea angling
1: i have it's really good news so um We have been running the Get Fishing Awards now for about six, seven months. They've gone round really, really well. Uh, A lot of clubs, um, coaches and volunteers are now delivering the Get Fishing Awards. Uh, And the great thing about them is that they're progressive. So what that means is uh, participants will come along to the first day, but they'll also be invited back to a second and third day where they can progress and get a bronze, silver, gold award. Now, we wanted it to be... uh, open for sea angling as well and more and more clubs are contacting us to be able to run it but the great news is uh it is available for sea fishing from now so if there's any sea fishing clubs any coaches any volunteers want to run some sea fishing get fishing programs we can supply and i have one here although you won't see it if you're listening um it is a certificate and you will see the bronze silver gold badge that gets stuck onto the certificate so as they progress Day one is the bronze, day two is the silver, and day three is the angler badge. The only difference in the uh, sea fishing version is in the angler uh, gold badge, one of the requirements was uh, to uh, have an Environment Agency rod license. Obviously, you don't need an Environment Agency rod license when you go sea fishing, so all that we're requesting is that the coaches, volunteers that are delivering this uh, gold badge for sea angling just direct their participants to where the knowledge is for uh, buying an uh, Environment Agency wad license. So it's on the, obviously on the Environment Agency website. So as long as the participant knows that, so if they ever do want to go into the uh, freshwater sector to go fishing, then they they have the knowledge to be able to go and book, purchase a rod license. So yeah, good news. If you want uh, some certificates to be able to deliver some programs, just get in contact with me or my colleagues. Uh, probably simpler just to come straight to me uh, at dean.asplin at anglingtrust.net.
0: Brilliant stuff, Dean. Uh, when Dean says a rod license, he actually means a fishing license, which is now what they are called. <laughs> You've only said no. it about five <laughs> times, Dean. <No. laughs> <laughs> uh, but we will leave a link where you can buy a fishing license in the description uh, and all the information
1: the only thing i would add is uh, i don't think i mentioned it just a second ago but uh, the certificates and the uh, bronze silver gold badges are completely free of charge we'll post them out to you free of charge as well you just need to let us know how many you want and we'll get them posted out to you but other than that uh, that is the great bit of uh, get fishing news that's available at the moment
0: um, so, Dean, you weren't actually meant to be on the podcast again quite so soon, but we had to get you on because episode one, we talked about your journey through carp fishing, your passion, the dedication. Now, when uh, the Get Fishing podcast episode one was released, almost on the same weekend, you were out fishing and, wow, well, you had a bit of a weekend of it, really. Uh, two PBs, was it?
1: Pretty much. Yeah, it was incredible.
0: <laughs> Now, I know we're not allowed to mention where the venue is because the, um, the venue's got oh, it a sort of a, a promotion sort of block on it, hasn't it? So we're not allowed to say where the venue is.
1: Yeah, um, yeah it's beginning, obviously, with, uh, with a fish of the size I'm just about to talk about, it, it gets a lot of um, interest, let's say, and I think the fishery in question has been bombarded with people wanting to join, so obviously... Um, but uh, they've requested that I don't name the venue. I mean, it's fairly simple to find out where it is, to be honest with you, but uh, I've got to stick to the rules of the fishery, and in this case, I'm not going to mention the venue, although i probably mentioned it in podcast one. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, just to bring this this story up to date, I mean... um, I think if, if the listeners listen to podcast one, you've heard me talking about a, a big fish venue that I've been fishing, and I was lucky enough to catch the second uh, biggest fish in there, which was a 45-pound common, and I said to you guys that there was a fish in there uh, that was a lot bigger, and I was still chasing it, and I've been on that place for three 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 and a half years, and I was lucky enough to be the capture of one of these uh, this particular fish. Um, it's the first time it's ever gone 60 pounds, uh, 61 pounds, six is how big it was. Absolutely, uh, blew my mind an incredible achievement, something I've been wishing and dreaming of my whole entire life. And I finally caught the fish of my dreams. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that all with you. I'm sure Jimmy will have a uh, picture to put up, um, in a minute um but yeah I'd wanted to share that the job is is pretty much done for me on there now so you've basically
0: completed carp fishing then that's it isn't it
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's always the great thing about carp fishing there's always another challenge but uh yeah I mean uh, like I said I've been fishing these big circuit waters and big fish waters for a long long time now uh just dreaming of one of these fish to to come across my net cord and um you know I'm a working man I'm a family man I don't have a lot of time on the bank compared to some people so uh to go and catch these two monstrous fish in uh, what three three and a half years Uh, i'm absolutely over the moon with uh, the way i've fished it and um it's happened to me finally it's happened to me so i'm absolutely i'm still buzzing about it now and it was a month ago i caught it so um i'm
0: trying i don't think i know anyone else has caught a 60 pound plus uk carp i don't think i know anyone that's done that there can't be many about is there
1: I don't think there are many about now sadly there a lot of them that are about are in these uh, exclusive syndicates and um a lot of them have you know eight ten year waiting list which is which is a sad part of fishing nowadays that more fisheries are going to syndicate uh, but it's- still the odd club water which i won't name uh people can research them pretty quickly uh we still have some monsters in i mean i know one down on the south coast that's a club water that has a 61 in it um but the great thing about this particular fish or the interesting thing about this particular fish was it was a male fish as well so not only is it um you know these huge fish tend to be females but this one was a male fish and um yeah we were expecting it to go 60 but not quite yet we were thinking maybe in the next couple of years um, but the, the, yeah, it was absolutely incredible, incredible moment that I will never forget in my life.
0: Well, Dean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Um, there were lots of WhatsApp messages, voice messages coming around. I can't play any of that because there was lots of swearing, I think. But um, you could just tell yeah. how happy you were. And yeah, I'm just absolutely over the moon for you. And it's brilliant because now we can get out and do some cart fishing videos with the Get Fishing campaign um, with someone yeah. who's caught a, a UK 60 plus fish. And on that same weekend, just before that, you caught a personal best perch as well.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, It was a real red letter weekend and um, I knew I was on the fish. I can't go into too many details about why, how I knew I was on the fish, but I was on the fish. Um, So I was absolutely uh, buzzing like mad the whole time I was there. It was electric, the atmosphere, Um, just knowing. Sometimes you get in this situation where you know you're going to catch and I was sat there knowing I was going to catch. For the listeners that don't know... um, about carp fishing too much it tends to be the action tends to be in the morning so you need to be able to get yourself in a position uh get your rigs in place and then hopefully it's middle of the night or the morning that you you might get a visit from a carp and uh, that's what happened in this instance but uh you have a lot of time through the day and if you think you're on the fish there's no need to go looking for them which is the situation i i managed to get the drop shot rod out um for a bit of play um with the day Um, And I was lucky enough to catch a four pound, four ounce perch, uh, which is uh, phenomenally big, uh, way bigger than anything I've caught in the past. Um, I was over the moon with that, so let alone a um, 61 pound fish to follow the next morning. Um, But just everything that led up to those captures and the mirror in particular, the the big carp in particular, Um, It was kind of written in the stars, to be honest with you. And uh, even before I left the house, I said to my wife, I've got a funny feeling about this trip, you know. And uh, there you go, it's happened. So uh, I'm still absolutely over the moon with it. Where I go from here, I'm not so sure. I'm looking forward to hitting the bank with you a bit, Jimmy, and uh, recording some of these rig demos and uh, a bit of car banging. that would be good fun.
0: Well done, Dino. You're a legend. I will let you get on your day. Thank you. All the best. Bye-bye. Cheers. There we go. That was Dean Aspin. I can't tell you what an achievement that is. A £60 plus UK carp. That is a fish of a lifetime. Absolute remarkable achievement. Right, next up, we are going to be speaking with Dr. Emily Smith, who is the Environment Manager at the Angling Trust. Uh, As I mentioned at the start, we've not actually... Spoke one-on-one before um, which sounds like madness because we both work for the angling trust But of course, I've only been here two years the last sort of what 18 months um, We haven't been able to freely travel about due to COVID 19 um, So this is me meeting Emily for the first time as well Let's get her up on Zoom Hey. Hello. <laughs> Emily, we're going to go um, straight in. Um, so, you're the environment manager for the Angling Trust.
2: Yes, I am.
0: Yes. Um, I, I, have I got to call you Dr. Emily Smith? <laughs>
2: No, no. I think other people use it um, a lot more than I do. So no, <laughs> Emily's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> when you,
0: this is the most important question that I really want to know. When you get like bank statements and stuff, does it say Doctor Emily Smith?
2: Uh, it yeah, some of them do. So you change, you can change it. So yeah, some of my whenever I renew something now, I do, I do add it in. Uh, I did say yeah. I got very excited when I got a parcel once that that said Doctor Emily <laughs> Smith on it. Um, yeah, a lot of my other stuff uh, hasn't been changed across quite yet.
0: If I was ever a doctor, which I, I'm going to say it's very unlikely that's ever going to happen, but all my friends would have to call me Doc, everything would say Dr Willis, I, I would just have it everywhere. What are you a doctor of then?
2: Uh, so uh, I'm a doctor of, uh, well, the I'd say the environment, uh, but I did it in the geography department um so it's one of those some people would say not not a proper doctor and i definitely <laughs> took my hats off uh to all the medical kind of doctors and things out there but so i did my my phd so my piece of work looking at invasive species uh, and uh, recreational angling so that ties in really well to to what i do now uh but that's what my my kind of Uh, my doctorate is looking into but a doctor of uh, philosophy I think is what they would call it but really specializing in in the environment area
0: well, I'm very impressed, Emily. I haven't got many doctors in my circle of friends. <laughs> it's
2: one of those things where I, I would never add it to my passport because you, de- you don't want that call of if there's a doctor on board and then you go, no, not that kind of doctor. So...
0: If it was something to do with the environment, I'd be straight on it. But no, uh, someone suffocating. No, no, <laughs> this no.
2: for me. This is in my area. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so how long have you been with the Angling Trust, Emily?
2: Um, so i worked for the Owning Trust full time now for two and a half years. Um, actually, when I did my PhD, uh, they were a case partner for my project as well. So actually I've been associated with the Owning Trust for oh, a good, yeah, probably a good seven, seven years now, um, which is an awful long time. It is. I mean, I, I've been here,
0: uh, I think, around two years now. Um, but of course, I've never actually, we haven't met before because the last year and a half is, uh, well, we haven't been able to meet people due to COVID. So um, I'm sure we, our paths will cross one day, Emily. Yeah,
2: hopefully, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so as the Environment Manager of, of the Angling Trust, I mean, what, what does that involve?
2: Uh, yeah, it's an all-encompassing title, isn't it? It's yeah. Uh, what that mean? Um, yeah, so uh, I basically lead on two main bits of work for the Trust. So I lead on our invasive species work, um, obviously linking back to, to my kind of previous um, PhD work, uh, but I also lead on our litter work as well. So that's the, the two main areas that I lead on, but also also dabble in and get involved in other environmental work that the, the Trust um, is, is working on.
0: No, it sounds um, yeah. It sounds like you've always got a lot going on. I mean, I suppose we could have a look. Um, there's a few different campaigns that I wanted to talk about. I mean, anglers against litter uh, is something that seems to have got a lot of traction this year. I mean, what's what's that about?
2: Uh, so yeah, Angles Against Litter is our campaign, our initiative, which is aiming to be the voice of, of anglers on this issue. I mean, it's been something which is growing in people's minds, uh, particularly in the last kind of few years. Uh, I think Blue Planet 2 was the one that launched it really in, in terms of the marine environment. Actually, it spans both marine and fresh water. Uh, and it's something where, uh, particularly where we said COVID lockdown as well last year, if you think back to those images of just the amount of, of rubbish that was present kind of everywhere, really on the beach, kind of on the on the bank and in parks, um, it's really kind of being that voice to, to make sure that it's taken seriously as an issue and to help anglers kind of do more and uh, to get involved in this topic. So there's three kind of mean um, main kind of elements to it. So the first one is take five. Uh, so this is an initiative that we've had at the Trust for a while. And it's just that the idea of whenever you're out fishing, um, just spend five minutes just picking up um, some litter around you. Uh, it could be left there by someone else. But actually, it's that thing of giving something back. And, and also by us doing it as anglers, hopefully will encourage others to not drop it in the first place, but also get involved. So that's one of the, the first key elements. Um, the second one is just around kind of let, uh, litter picks in, in general. Uh, so you have a lot of clubs who are out there who are already doing this work but might not necessarily be telling people about it I mean it's not who we are as anglers we're not very uh, good at that I say or or we think this is just something we do every day but actually I feel like it's something to really showcase um, the positive side that we bring beyond just going fishing so as part of that we have these bibs um, which you said it might have been seen on on social media the high-vis jackets um, which we can provide to, to clubs and send out just so when they're out and about that they can kind of showcase it is the club taking part. And they've been really fantastic in one, highlighting its anglers, but two, joining up and make, having that conversation with the local community. So I went out um, to Exeter um, a few weeks back now. And actually, we had young families coming up saying, I didn't realise there's fish in this stretch of the river. Um, oh, there's a club here. So you can start having those conversations about if they want to come along and have a go. So it really opens up those those avenues as well beyond just doing the litter pick, but that link in um, to the community. So that's one of the second kind of elements. And we have um, stuff available on the website around a template so one if you do a pick you can contact your local newspaper and have something around it again just that communication and, and making people aware that fishing is going on in the area and they can get involved uh, we have a, a template as well for people if they're not quite sure if they haven't done it before it contains a risk assessment a list of items they might want to, to purchase Um, and also uh, just lets people know that actually you can get equipment from the local council uh, if you don't have it. So it's just those kind of little tidbits um, that we have. That's the second element. Um, And then the final element is around the National line Recycling Scheme. Um, So this was set up by two great guys, sure you know them, um, Steve Tapp and Viv Shears, and it's something that it's a really great opportunity now that we don't have to send old line and, and spools off to landfill, they can be recycled and made into new fishing um, products, which I think is amazing. Um, so we really support that, and it's just trying to get that out there, get a fishery involved, get tackle shops involved, and anglers um, to kind of be aware of this and make sure that they are sending it off um, to that to that scheme. So that's the kind of three main. I know what on a bit then, um, <laughs> as part of that. I know it's a short, snappy answer, but that's the three kind of main strands under that.
0: No, it's fantastic. I mean, the line recycling over the last 12 months, I think pretty much every fishery and every fishing shop I've been to, and I go to a lot of these places, they've all got these recycling bins now, which is just brilliant to see. And from what I gather um recently we can do more and more with the recycled line we can make different things because i believe i'm not an expert but we used to be limited to what we could make out of it weren't we and now we're sort of being able to do more and more things with it i believe
2: yeah i think the technology is evolving um as in as more and more people are kind of getting involved in this but actually the company reworked is is the one that uh the national iron Recycling scheme work with and they are really interested in, in developing new ideas and and having that kind of conversation of what could the the line be turned into. So actually, yeah, they they used to start off by making kind of these um, almost like flower boxes. You could kind of purchase those kind of things, but now they're really focusing in on the fishing products. So they have fish um, rod stands and other things like that that you can. Um, you can kind of purchase and they're all available on the the Lime Recycling Scheme website Um, and also through our page, you can go through that way as well.
0: I will leave some uh, links in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. So if you are a shop or fishery that hasn't got one, you can get yourself sorted out with one. Um, Just going back to the litter picking on the beaches, is this sort of something, uh, I say on beaches or on any lakes or rivers, is it something a family could do together as a bit of a sort of day out?
2: Yeah, definitely. And actually, it is something where um, it's amazing. I, I know I've had conversations with families about it and they've they've heard about litter at school and they've come home. And actually, at the weekend, the the family, the, the mum and dad said, um, what do you want to do? And they said, can we go litter picking? This <laughs> is one of those weird things. of, hang on a minute. And an unusual activity to do at the weekend. But yeah, definitely. It's really family friendly. As you said, you can you can do it anywhere. So it could be any kind of area nearby, even it doesn't have to be kind of near a, a river or um, a beach. Obviously, it's a nice location if, if that's um, and you're lucky enough to have one nearby. Actually, any bit you're doing anywhere, um, you're stopping that litter accidentally being blown into um, a, a waterway um, or, or being left there and accidentally kind of, you know, being um, eaten or getting something trapped in it, so it 's beneficial to to do it anywhere and yeah anyone can get involved so it 's a really inclusive activity in that sense
0: fantastic and if you want more information on that dear listener i will leave if you go to our youtube channel get fishing t v um, on the there's a full video of this podcast will be up and all the links in the description um, no that's brilliant Emily uh, the, the next thing I just wanted to go over which is something that's really important for new anglers is the check clean dry campaign uh, I mean what does that mean to start with
2: um, so the check clean dry campaign it comes um, out of work on invasive species so it's these three steps that everyone should be undertaking every time they go fishing. So it's, it's one check is just uh, after you've been fishing, just have a look at your nets, your unhooking mat, um, kind of anything that's come into contact with the water and remove any plant material, any mud or anything like that, that you've come across and leave it at, at the bank. So that's a check. Um, cleaning it is, as it says, uh, kind of on the tin um, is really just making sure if, if there is something you can use at, uh, at the water, do it there. But if not, when you get home, kind of wash it down in hot water uh, and just make sure you really kind of check like, the treads of the boots, around the, the rims and things like that. Um, and the final one is, is dry, so just leaving it out kind of in, in sunlight, um, particularly uh, UV light is really effective uh, for 24 hours. So, those are three steps. And the reason for having them is, as I said, invasive species and, and diseases. Uh, so it it can seem um, incredible to think about it, but you can get tiny kind of plant fragments, seeds, or, or kind of little insects, things like that, like killer shrimp, that people might have heard of at a graph of water. And they can, without meaning to, they can get kind of caught in. If you think about when you go fishing um, and you're using your net, you will get um, some of this. Um, these invasive species kind of stowed away within within the kit and actually they can survive for 14 days out of water in the kit. So something might feel dry to the touch or you might not think that you can see them but they could still be there particularly think about diseases. Um, So by following those three steps um, it's been shown that it's really effective 99% effective which is really high at killing these species. it's really easy steps and that's why we um it's something we really encourage because you're then stopping the likelihood of of invasive species the diseases being moved around between different waters so again it's that um making sure you're keeping the site uh really um safe and a really enjoyable place to go fishing and protecting the fish that are there so that's kind of the, the reason behind it and it's not just anglers uh you have all different types of sports and activities getting involved and in supporting this as well so it's a real national campaign that crosses uh, disciplines and and individuals
0: no that's brilliant i mean it, it amazes me for 14 days something can live it's just remarkable isn't
2: it yeah 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 it just shows how hardy something can be and you think yeah, you think how can something that lives in the water uh, survive that long outside of it? But yeah, there's been so many bits of work done on loads of different species, and some survive for some, like survive longer than that. And if you think about how often you go fishing, you're lucky enough, um, often people go at least once a week if they can, or at least once a fortnight. So it is within that time frame that it could accidentally be moved, and we don't even realise it
0: no it's brilliant emily and what i would love to do is come and see you actually and film a couple of little videos about what we've just spoke about just with a landing net and just to see what you've got to do um because it's um yeah it's lots of really really important information it's fairly simple stuff but i don't think people always realize how important it is and if you're brand new to fishing you know you well you wouldn't know would you so if we do some little demonstration videos one day um and we can get them out there emily
2: yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds great. Always happy to to do that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, are you based in Exeter now? Are you Emily?
2: Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, lived there over uh, a year now. Um, it's so sunny,
0: nice yeah, and sunny it, today.
2: Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, It Makes a change, I think. <laughs>
0: <for the laughs> uh, are you an angler, Emily?
2: Yes, I I am. I've kind of grown up around it. So my my dad kind of brought me brought me into it. Um, I actually grew up on a, uh, well, grew up on a fish farm as well. So, um, Did you? A as, a, as a child, yeah. And having, uh, kind of brown trout looking back at me, um, didn't think it was unusual at the time until I kind of grew up, went to uni, uh, and then you kind of get asked, what does your dad do? Um, but yeah, I've grown up around kind of fishing, used to go out kind of off off the pier as a kid, uh, and go catch mackerel and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, didn't manage to do it when I was away in London, uh, but now I'm, I'm back in in the area. It's something and trying to pick up again, which is really good.
0: No, it's brilliant, Emily. It's so nice to speak with you. I think um, the the view sometimes of the angling trust from the outside world, it's sort of lots of old men in a boardroom talking about things. Um, but it's great to speak to people like you. You know, young and vibrant, and so knowledgeable, and obviously so passionate. It, I think it really makes a difference, um, and I'm just thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with me.
2: Oh no, not at all. Um, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't say. Um, yeah, the, oh, you, your, your words are young and vibrant. <laughs> that far. Um, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, impair, impair to Dean Asplin. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, thank you so much, and um, I hope we can we can meet up soon.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it'll be forget uh, something in the calendar
0: there we are that was a dr emily smith oh wasn't she she's so knowledgeable um yeah absolutely brilliant um as i mentioned i just think it's so good to showcase some of these people that we have working for us at the angling trust because you don't always get to see it and she's just so knowledgeable and we're definitely uh gonna go and see emily and i will Film some videos with her, especially about that Check, Clean, Dry campaign, because it's really important stuff. And and I'll go over to Exeter Way, and um, we can film some videos. Don't forget, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also download the full audio podcast from your favorite podcast provider, including Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Alexa, It's all available from absolutely everywhere. Make sure you do subscribe on your favourite podcast provider because the episode will automatically download and you'll be the first to listen to it. If you've got any questions about this podcast or getting into angling in general, just find Get Fishing on Facebook, Instagram at Get Into Fishing, Twitter, YouTube, Come and give us a little follow, like, and subscribe. You can ask us any questions that you have about getting into fishing. Actually, as this podcast is going out, you will see some regional officer profile videos that I have uh, produced myself, and they will be going out uh, on the Get Fishing socials, but they'll also be going out... On the Angling Trust regional pages. So I think there's what seven or possibly eight different regional Facebook pages. So if you go onto Facebook and find your area, for example, Angling Trust Southeast or Angling Trust Northwest, go and like that page and you can find what's going on in your local area. And what I'm going to do for each uh, area, there is a regional officer and be able to see the video of them find out a bit about them and have all their contact details on there so if you're an individual that needs some help getting into fishing if you're a club a charity an organization um, someone that wants to run events you can hit these people up in your area and they will help you out they can also help you out with funding uh, and any information that you might have about angling so go and find your local angling trust regional pages If you want to find out more about the fantastic work the Angling Trust do, some of the stuff that Emily's been talking about, plus loads more stuff going on, just go to anglingtrust.net. You can find so much information there. Uh, Have a look at all the good work we do, and maybe even consider becoming a member of the Angling Trust. If you want to find a get fishing event or even take the next step and go to a get fishing award event then go to anglantrust.net forward slash get fishing you'll be able to find out all the events near you Uh, most of it's free you can go as a family or as an individual come and get involved if you need to spend more time outside this year as a family Come and give fishing a go and don't worry if you haven't got any equipment, experience or much money because we can help you. That's anglingtrust.net forward slash get fishing. Thank you for listening or watching this podcast. We'll be back very soon with Take a Friend Fishing special. From Friday the 23rd of July, Take a Friend Fishing is starting again. You can actually pre-register now at anglingtrust.net forward slash take a friend fishing so if you're watching this and maybe you were one of the people that was took fishing last year by a current license holder and you've become an angler wouldn't it be fantastic if you now introduce someone else into angling uh so take a friend fishing it starts on friday the 23rd of july uh, it's running for, I think it's five or six weeks this year. So uh, we're going to have videos going across the Get Fishing and Angling Trust profiles, including one from Jeremy Wade. So yeah, it's going to be big this year. Don't forget to use the hashtag uh, TakeAFriendFishing and hashtag Get Fishing. Thanks for checking this
1: out. We'll be back very soon for some more Get Fishing podcasts.